Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to our podcast, The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business. For those of you just joining us, uh, my name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Osage Advisors is a merger and acquisition firm working with business owners and their families looking to sell, um, typically with revenues of $5 million and up. Uh, we've been around since, uh, what, this is our 22nd year, 2001. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, today, I thought it would be uh, interesting and important to kind of do a mid-year recap as we uh, go into the summer season. Uh, a lot has changed at m Market in the last six uh, months, and I wanted to kind of delve into it uh, from two aspects. Why the market's changing uh, and what are the trends moving forward for the rest of 2022 and beyond. Uh, we'll probably break this up into uh, two parts, uh, and we'll focus on the shifts in the market uh, on our first, uh, this episode. Um, so just as a recap, uh, you know, 2021 was uh, a historic M&A market. Um, it was like the perfect storm. Uh, you had plenty of money out there. Uh, private equity had over a trillion dollars. You had a low interest rate environment. Uh, the competition was intense for looking for uh, quality companies, which were, you know, few and far between in the marketplace. Uh, so that drove value. Um, that trend has shifted a bit in 2022. Uh, I wouldn't say that we, you know, the brakes are on, the red lights on, the brakes have been hit like uh, March of 2020 with the pandemic. But certainly we're seeing uh, activity. People are kind of pumping the brakes a bit. Uh, the yellow caution light is on. And there are several factors that are kind of driving that, um, you know, mindset uh, from a buyer perspective. Um, so I'm kind of going to run through a list of things where I think that are, have, have, have changed since uh, the fourth quarter 2021 that will have an effect on 2022 and beyond. Um uh, they include things like uh, disruption in supply chain, uh, geopolitical issues, uh, i.e. the uh, Ukrainian-Russian war, but not just the Russian-Ukrainian war, but also, uh, which is not getting as much attention, is that China uh, was in a complete lockdown uh, during uh, the first quarter of 2022, which had a dramatic impact on a supply chain. Uh, we're in a rising interest rate environment, uh, which is leading, we're also in a rising, uh, has, what inflation is the highest has been in, what, 40 years? And I add a couple things, you know, from my perspective on just, you know, talking to other professionals in, 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 in the field, you know, like exhaustion, um, the, uh, the support base, the, uh, the accountants, the attorneys, uh, various, just, just, were just so busy in 2021, they needed a break coming in 2022. Uh, and finally, I think they still have the pandemic hangover, uh, you know, trying to equate, you know, how business was before the pan, the pandemic, how you did during the pandemic and what effect it has coming out of the pandemic. So all these factors have kind of, raised the bar on uh, what I would call a skepticism, skepticism uh, scale for buyers, which is, you know, giving much more intensity and focus on, on a, a company's, not only their financials, uh, but also their operations or personnel, et cetera. So, I mean, the good news is 
there's still a ton of money out there. Uh, I still think it's close to a trillion dollars in private equity money. They're very active looking for deal flow as well as strategic buyers. But you know, if we break these things down a bit, if we look at these uh, on a line item basis, I think you'll get a sense of, 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 of what you need to prepare for um, if you're t- thinking about selling your company and taking it to market. Uh, you know, I think the high priority issue for buyers right now continues to be a supply chain. Um, you know, how are you getting product in? Uh, what is your lead times? What are your relationships with your vendors? Are you looking for uh, new sources of, of materials? Uh, of course, with inflation, what are you paying for that? And how are you, how are you passing those costs along uh, to your customers to uh, maintain your profit margins? I mean, we've had several conversations um, with uh, both private equity buyers and strategic buyers, uh, what their concerns are rela- related to supply chain. Um, and it really comes down to, you know, how are you preparing yourself? Uh, a lot of things that we're seeing right now um, from our client base is that they're building inventories, right? So typically, if you're a company, you maybe you main, uh, you're trailing 12 month inventory levels or three to four million. Uh, now you're looking at you know five to six million inventory because you're trying to push out your idea, you know, your, your buying habits, uh, instead of being a 30 or 60 day buying habit, now you're looking to procure, uh, materials, et cetera, anywhere from, you know, up to nine months to a year, which, you know, puts stresses on your balance sheet, right? All of a sudden, you know, you're carrying much more inventory. So you got all that cash tied up in inventory. And then now we're in a rising interest rate environment, which is putting a bit of stress on your balance sheet for the fact that your cost of capital is higher and it's, it's affecting your cash flow, which could, if, which could affect your growth moving forward. And those are the kind of questions that are going to be asked by buyers and are being asked by buyers. We've, uh, we, we have a couple of deals in, in market right now, and that's top of the list. So, you know, the supply chain from a standpoint of how you're dealing with it, how you pivoted during this, this uh, you know, choppy waters time, how you're procuring your product, what your inventory levels are now versus what they were, you know, fully explaining those, uh, having a coherent plan, you know, is is critical to uh, from a buyer perspective and also from your perspective. You want you want to know uh, from your team how we're managing that so we continue to get the product out the door to satisfy our clients' requirements. Um, in the supply chain sphere, so to speak, you're also looking at labor. Uh, it's a constant, it's all over the news, a labor shortage. But when you look at it from a buyer, said, so, well, uh, what are your hiring practices? Uh, are you fully staffed? What are your holes? Um, how are you, what kind of things are you doing to, to fill those gaps so that you have the people you need to um, produce the product and get out the door, whether that's uh, on the line if you're uh, you know, uh, building the product, whether that's someone that's servicing the product, your, your customer service group, uh, customer support. I mean, it goes from the top management right down to the person uh, on the floor getting the product out the door. Uh, there was a recent, uh, I believe, article, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was last week. Uh, you know, and our client base is typically low, lower middle market companies, companies like, you know, typically 100 employees and less. And this article was saying that those type of companies are really having a challenge in recruiting uh, people. 
compared to larger you know, multinational organizations. So if I'm reading that article, you can be assured that the buyers are reading the same articles, whether it's in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, or, or some trade magazine. And they're gonna, that's, that's going to be on your list. How are you managing your people? How are you recruiting your people? And how are you staffing your levels? Um, you know, we, we're all experiencing it right now, right down to the local, you know, fast food restaurant where, you know, Dunkin' Donuts doesn't open at 10 o'clock because they don't have people. So you want a cup of coffee at 6 a.m., you can't get it. So, you know, everybody's uh, very aware of those situations. And so you really have to be able to prepare your answers in a way, what your plans are to make sure that you have got your staff. Uh, obviously, if you have a stable workforce, have for several years, uh, that's a plus. If you've had a lot of turnover in your, in, in, in your workforce over the last several years or in, even currently, why? Uh, is it people aging out? Is it that you're not competitive with your salaries? Is it lack of management structure internally that's leading the team? I mean, those are all very important uh, questions that need to be addressed and you need to be prepared to answer when you sit down with uh, uh, buyers that are interested in acquiring your company. So, um, you know, those, that's, that's the supply chain. Um, interest rates are, you know, unfortunately um, going up. Uh, we've had two, I believe two interest rate increases this year. The last one, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, three quarters of a point, uh, probably going to be more one or two, if not more, uh, interest rate increases. And so when you look at that from a, from, from a buyer perspective, they're going to say, okay, in a rising interest rate environment, when you have a uh, you know, cost of capital, how are you managing your balance sheet? Um, and when I say your balance sheet, I man managing your relationship with your banker. Uh, you know, are you in constant contact with your banker? Uh, for like I said earlier, I mean, the interest rate are, are effective. Uh, your supply chain, your inventory builds are affecting your 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 how much you're borrowing from the bank, your line of credit. Uh, under your current environment, you may have to go back to your bank to extend your line, increase your line, um, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so. And as rates go up, your cost of capital goes up, which means that you're going to have to pass that along somewhere um, or you eat it. Um, and if you're eating it, that means you have an effect on your margins and your profit. So uh, how you react or pivot to the new interest rate environment um, versus last year. You know, I think it was 3% last year. Now it's, what, 5 or 6%. Um, that's a significant increase in interest rates. And the trend is that they will be rising uh, in the future. So, again, this all comes back to planning and, and being prepared, you know, uh, have a, a coherent plan and a answer to a prospective buyer or buyer pool, how you managing this um, aspect. Again, these are the kind of things that are flashing that yellow light out there to, to buyers. I mean, they still need to make acquisitions. They have a plan, whether it's a strategic buyer or a financial buyer. And we'll talk about trends uh, a little later on, but... They are looking for companies, and they are being much more um, selective in one way and also uh, much more uh, invested in a more detailed due diligence, trying to get a sense of where things are going long term and how you're going to manage that. And, you know, that's not an easy answer, um, and you may not have the answers. I mean, I don't know. They're asking the question. They may not have the answers. So, you know, having an uncertain future or not really able to gauge the future, 
uh, could have some impact on uh, how deals are valued and uh, which we'll discuss uh, uh, down the, uh, in the next episode. But so we talked about supply chain interest rates. Obviously, that's driving uh, uh, inflation is driving. We all you know, are paying, you know, a significant amount of money at the gas pump. But. You know, um, inflationary pressure is your, you know, your cost of bringing goods in, uh, your cost of labor, uh, everything is going up. Uh, how you manage that with your relationship with your current customer, how, how, how you pass that along. Do you pass it all along? Do you pass a little partial along? Are you seeing that you, you have a healthy margin? So you've been, um, say, so eating some of that, um, uh, increase yourself to kind of keep that customer relationship on a good, even keel. Uh, maybe one that you, you value that relationship or it's a competitive uh, product that you, that you're selling to them and you want to make sure they continue to buy from you. I mean, all how you handle that, how you look at that is, is critical and not just from a macro standpoint, but also from a, a micro perspective. I mean, I think you got to write down to uh, various SKUs you may sell. Um, how you price your your bids, how you price your proposals, how things look in the pipeline. Are there things in your contracts where you have adjustments for increase in material costs or labor costs that you can go back to your customer on? I mean, those are the kind of questions that I, you know, I'm just throwing out there, but those are the kind of questions that are going to be asked by buyers. So, you know, really taking a look at those and having uh, good concrete answers to those are going to be uh, important uh, not only for yourself, for the buyers. I mean, uh, I'll give you an example. We have a, we have a deal in market, and they have a good, healthy gross gross margin, and they have been able to kind of hold their pricing uh, over the last, I would say, uh, year or so. Uh, but recently, um, and, and we're in market with the client right now, um, uh, they let us know that they just went through a price increase. They just we couldn't hold the line anymore, and we just need to start passing some of those. Um, some of our, our costs increases, materials and labor, uh, into our product, uh, which makes sense. And, you know, why'd they wait? Well, you know, again, they were trying to be, uh, you know, good citizens to their customers, but at some point in time, you know, they, it just didn't justify itself anymore. So they are not passing a hundred percent of the costs along, but they're passing some of that cost along. So, and then you get to a point where you're looking at and the buyer saying, well, I mean, revenues are up, but, how much revenue is up because of increased services or you're selling more product or you're just raising your prices, right? So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, okay, look, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing to raise, to run my business profitably, uh, uh, to support, to support, uh, our family, to support our employees, to, uh, reinvest in the business to grow. And that include, but you know, I'm not having any unit Increase. I'm, not, I'm still selling a thousand units, but now instead of selling a thousand units at a million dollars, I'm selling a thousand units at a million three. Right? The buyer does, doesn't necessarily look at that positively. Say, well, you're flat. But the answer is, from my perspective, is you're smart, good business people, and you're making the changes you need to make to run your business in a effective manner, uh, given the current environment. Um, you know, a lot of people think we're in a recession. Um, you know, I think there's a survey of uh, 55% of CEOs think we're in a recession, although no one's claimed we're in a recession. I mean, you know, perception is 90% of everything. So if people think you're in a recession, you probably are in a recession or you're going to cause a recession. So, um, you know, we people are looking at deals right now as we are in uh, recessionary times. So these things that we talked about here are what has kind of slowed the market uh, where it was a year ago. 
Um, I mean, just to put it in context, in 2019, pre-pandemic, I believe the uh, Deal flow, uh, transaction flow, uh, was $1.75 trillion. In 2021, it was over $3 trillion, a huge increase, which kind of leads to my next point is I look at it as exhaustion. I mean, the uh, service provider base came out of what historic M&A activity in 2021, and they were just tired. They needed a break. I mean, I've had multiple conversations with uh, accounting firms or transaction transaction service people that you know who managed groups around the country that were very concerned about their employees, and they wouldn't you know wouldn't take on new work. Uh, I mean, I know one firm that stopped booking transactions uh, uh, or new business uh, on the M and A side back in September of of 2021, and so they came into 2022 along with the lawyers uh, as well, mainly those two groups, and they needed to take a breath. Um, you know, they just overworked, uh, you know, 24-7, 100-hour weeks, if not more, for a sustained amount of time, which eventually becomes unsustainable. Uh, so a lot of them just kind of needed a break. Uh, they, you know, took to take a vacation, work a four-day week, do things just to regenerate, uh, regenerate you know, get your, uh, um, get your, get your rest, um, uh, get healthy and get ready for the next wave, so to speak. So, you know, that kind of slowed things in the first, I say couple months of 2021, uh, that the people just needed to take some time off. Um, activity levels of course has increased not to the levels of 2021, uh, with transaction closings, but I do believe the, uh, the buyer pool out there, both strategic and um, private equity funds, the activity levels of looking for deals has not slowed at all. Our phones continue to ring off the hook. Um, uh, we had we were at a conference a couple weeks up in Boston. I think there were 700 attendees, maybe you know three, four hundred private equity funds were there, along with uh, the banking community, and they're just looking for deal flow. I mean, they're looking for deals. They have a they have a portfolio. They have gaps in their portfolio. They're looking to find uh, the right companies to fit. Now, again, the brakes are on a bit. A little caution lights up, so they're really fishing out there, looking for the right deal that makes sense to them. But you know, they're going to be skeptical. They're going to be more refined, more picky, so to speak. But they want to find it. That's why. You know, uh, as a business owner, we we believe it's really important to uh, test the market through a, a process like Osage Run. So, you get to have multiple conversations with multiple buyers over a very over the same timeline. So you can feel, get to know them, and see who who's serious, who really sees the value I bring, the value of my business, the value of my employees, the value of the culture I created, et cetera, et cetera, and it's the right fit for us. So, you know, a one-on-one conversation with someone who's out there fishing right now. You know, it distracts you from all these issues that you're facing uh, on the challenges of the current uh, business environment. Uh, so from our perspective, you know, uh, engaging with a firm like Osage or uh, to kind of uh, do the heavy lifting on your behalf is, is, is critical, especially in, the, in this current environment. Um, lastly, I just want to touch on, you know, the things that have kind of put a slowdown and the M&A uh, activity levels is, you know, there's still the pandemic hangover. I mean, 
there's really been no official, you know, end of the pandemic. Uh, obviously, different parts of the world are still still experiencing, unfortunately, very high levels of uh, of disease and death and whatnot. And I just mentioned China just was in a total lockdown, which really put a lot of pressure on U.S. companies uh, trying to get products so they can ship to the customers. But when you look at your business coming out of the pandemic, and a lot of companies did very well in the pandemic, and you pivoted to uh, certain product lines or services that were really on high demand during the pandemic, or if you were on a defensive mode, you made changes to your organization uh, so that you can uh, protect it moving forward uh, in, in, uh, in difficult times or uh, challenging business environment. But if pandemic was only 18 months ago, right? I mean, so from a buyer perspective, they're look, trying to get trend analysis, looking at your historics, your financials, uh, you know, from 18, 19, 20, 21, and, you know, in mid-year 2022. And so, you know, 20 was not a normal year. So how do you explain that? Uh, so having answers for that, how you document that, how you uh, communicate that to a buyer is, is critical. And now running into 2022, you know, you're sitting on inventory levels that are twice what you normally have. Uh, you may be sitting on inventory work in process where you're 90% ready to ship a product, but you can't because you're waiting on components from uh, whether it be uh, China or Indonesia or Vietnam or wherever, uh, you know, and so you're holding on inventory. So you, you don't, you don't, uh, your sales are either flat or minor or down or dipped a bit, you know, but you're ready to, you're ready to ship the product once this comes in. So manage all these things and trying to do a trend analysis is very, very difficult from a buyer perspective. And, and so, and actually, honestly, from a, a owner's perspective, we keep on getting that question how are things looking? You know, what do you what do you anticipate for 2022 and 2023? Well, the answer is we don't really know right now because we're in uncharted waters uh, with uh, the supply chain. Um, so you're trying to get a so that trying to get a grasp on some of that stuff, trying to get a comfort level, a happy medium where the buyer and the seller are in sync about where we think where we think things are going is uh, you know. I would say we've had several of these conversations over the last uh, three to four months with uh, deals that a couple we just closed and a couple in market. You know, those are, um, you know, challenging conversations from both sides. But, you know, uh, having that conversation, com uh, continuing to talk it through, you find a happy medium if, if you feel everything is in, in sync between the buyer and the seller and to move forward to, to the next step. So, you know, as a recap, uh, you know, Uncertainty, uh, you know, breeds skepticism from a buyer perspective, which has them looking deeper and deeper into uh, organization of a business owner, uh, which can cause, you know, delays in getting deals done uh, or, you know, push a much longer due diligence process or deeper dive in, in, into the business. Uh, that being said, you know, these, these strategic buyers and equity buyers need to put money to work. Uh, they do have needs and gaps need to fill within their uh, prospective uh, companies. And, you know, the trend, uh, and we'll talk about this uh, moving forward, the trend is uh, let's let's see where things are for the remainder, and we'll talk about it in the next episode, where we're seeing things, what buyers looking for, both strategic uh, and, and private equity funds, as well as, uh, you know, where valuations are sitting, uh, you know, in our next episode. So, 
I hope you found this uh, valuable. Uh, again, my name is uh, Keith D. I'm with Osage Advisors. You can reach us on our website at uh, osageadvisors.com. You could call me at 860-767-3273, extension 1001, or email me with any questions you may have at kdee at osageadvisors.com. Thanks again for your time and have a great day.